Welcome back to the Christ Community Church podcast, or welcome for the first time. Today, we are going to be diving into Sunday's message, Sunday, December 17th, 2023, called Life with God as part of our God With Us series, our focus on Emmanuel. I am Ryan, the interim teaching pastor here. And I am Jana, the connections pastor. Jenna, it is good to be back with you after, I, well, I was off for two weeks because we missed last week and the week before you were with Blake. And so I was, I had a good talk with Blake and now a good talk with you. Let's hope so. Let's hope this is a good conversation. I'm expecting good things. It's about Christmas. So it has to be good, right? That was my thought. How hard can it be? We can, we can just ask about all our favorite Christmas stuff if we get bored. You know what? That is a great segue, Ryan. <laughs> wow. So, hey, what is your favorite part of Christmas? You said something on Sunday that I think kind of had people going, huh? Did he really say that out loud? Yeah, I did. I, I, I love a lot about Christmas. I like movies. I like the lights. I like Christmas music. We start, we start our Christmas November 1st. So wow. we're one of those people who does that. Are that you thing. tired of it yet? No, not at all. I'm actually just like, I'm, I'm dreading the fact that we are only a week away from Christmas because- Do you turn your, do you have Christmas lights on your house? Yes. Is it like on a timer or do you have to plug things in? It's on a timer. Okay, so even your Christmas tree? Is my Christmas because, tree on a timer? Yeah, yes. Yeah, because I have to plug mine in and the other night it was just me at home and I went over to plug it and thought, huh, like, I just want to see the Christmas tree, but I wonder how many people decide not to plug in the Christmas tree because they're not feeling Christmassy. That's that sounds insane, in my opinion. If you got a Christmas tree, you got to turn on the lights. Otherwise, it's just a, a tree sitting in the middle of your room. Your room. It does look funny. That's strange. Anyways, but yes, I also love presents. That's what I said. You know, I, I think I think Christmas. There's a lot of presents. Although I had someone come up to me on Sunday after church, and they said that they don't do presents. They don't receive presents. They don't give presents. And they said they've just figured out how to, how to do Christmas without presents. So good for them. Um, Were they younger or? She's older. No, okay. older. Yeah, has yeah. grandkids and, and yeah. said that it's just part of the expectation now. So I was like, you know, I could see it. I think my kids would riot. They might burn our house down if there were no presents. But I think you could get to a place because like Thanksgiving is a great holiday. No presents on Thanksgiving. So I, I think there's a way of doing it without but I think it's fun to give presents. And actually I think it does help to, if you do it the right way, I think it can help. I think everything can help to focus our hearts on what Christmas is really about. Okay. So what's the best gift that you've ever gotten? That I've ever received? received? Oh man, you did kind of warn okay. me that this was gonna For happen. For Christmas, not birthdays, not anything else. What's the best Christmas gift that you've ever received? Yeah, this is so hard because as an adult, I feel like I've gotten some pretty good things. My wife one year got me our TV, which is like a 60 inch TV, okay. which is like yeah, that's super a good fun. Gift. Um, and, uh, and I was very, very appreciative. Were you I was, surprised? I was very surprised. It also actually, it came late. So we do as a family, we open presents on Christmas Eve uh -oh. and this came on Christmas day at my in-laws house because she had ordered it to, I don't know. Anyways, it, it, she got it there so that she could hide it. Cause you can't hide a 60 inch TV in the house. It's going to be discovered. That would be true. And she couldn't get it back in time. So the next day, all of a sudden it was like, Ryan, close your eyes. I was like, what? And then all of a sudden this TV came in. So that was, that was pretty surprising. Um, I like socks though, honestly, getting socks is like a great Christmas present for really? me. Yeah. Like 
socks that have like, like white socks. No, 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 no. Like 49er socks, King socks, oh, those kind of things. Okay. Um, but when I was, when I was a kid, I got a Joe Montana pillow doll, which was one of my, it's one of the gifts that I remember from Christmas morning. Okay. That was one of my favorites. Um, Nintendo was a good one. Okay. So yeah. What about you? I was thinking about it and, um, I'm a little older than you, so it's kind of hard to remember back so far, <laughs> but I do, I love gifts and I love being surprised. So I remember one year finding a gift and being devastated because it's really hard to act surprised. And so, um, I think one of my favorite things was, a, a, a Snoopy dog. I got a Snoopy dog once, but as an adult, um, I was surprised okay, I'm a woman, I was a mom, I got a KitchenAid mixer, so I, I kind of liked that. It's red, I still like it. It's a good gift, yeah. Some so. people don't like appliances as gifts, but I yeah. think they're great. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. So I, I was kind of, you, you got sports things, see, when I get sports gifts, they aren't quite as exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everybody, obviously, <laughs> but you know, if you, if you want to give me a gift, sports, my sports teams, you give me a different team, it's just going to the trash. So you said if we do Christmas right, how is Christmas right if you're opening the gifts on Christmas Eve? Because then Christmas Day is all about the birth of Jesus. That's the only gift you need on Christmas Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, we still, we have, part of, part of the reasoning is Christmas Day became so chaotic because we have multiple family houses that we have to go to on Christmas Day. And so we tried to get up in the morning and do our Christmas with just our immediate family on Christmas day and then do all the family thing. And it just became so chaotic, so many presents that were open that we kind of lost all the joy of it. So we just kind of made it a two day thing where we do our family stuff on Christmas Eve. This year is gonna be a little bit different. We're actually doing it on the 23rd this year okay. because we have church services Christmas Eve morning. So we can't get up and do it that early because we got 9 a.m. traditional service, 1045 contemporary, 3 p.m. contemporary, 11 p.m. candlelight Christmas. See you there on Christmas Eve. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we have all these things. So anyways, so it just, it just to, to ease some of that tension, it became about Hey, let's let's focus Christmas a little bit more on, you know, on on celebrating our family, but celebrating Christ because otherwise Christmas Day was just so chaotic. Um, and and for me, honestly, growing up, if you, you people who told me they did the Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, that was heresy in my opinion. I'm like, Jesus was born on Christmas, you do the presents on Christmas. But now it has it has made it a nicer day, two days for our family, and it, it has allowed us to focus a little bit better on, on just kind of the other parts of Christmas. So you'd kind of say, or it sounds like you're saying that making that time to remember what Christmas is really all about, so it doesn't totally matter when we give or get our presents because the presents are reminding us of the best gift we've ever gotten. Yeah, I mean, when you really think about like the Christmas celebration and you know, some of these things started differently, but so much of the like, of the meaning of Christmas is right there for you. I mean, just even in the Christmas tree itself, 
like you have a, a tree, right, that the gift is underneath. And you start thinking about the idea of a tree and, and the wooden cross and, you know, Christ being the gift that is given. Um, and then even just how we have the tree with lights on it, as we talked about, you know, but like the tree being lit up and, and talking about just the light of the world. You typically put an angel or a star above the tree, which were, you know, in, in the nativity scene you see as the symbols that stand above the manger scene that are pointing to Christ, which is the gift down below. So, yeah, I think, I think we do need to slow down from the busyness and the chaos. Again, I love so many things about Christmas, but if you jam pack your schedule with parties and lights and shopping and all these different things, baking and whatever else you might do, you might miss out on what Christmas is supposed to be about. And so you have to find ways within your schedule, within your tradition, do all these things, that's fine, but find a balance to where you're remembering what this is all about, that it's about the greatest gift we've ever received, which is the gift of Jesus Christ. I like that too because um, it takes away the rules of what's right and wrong. Um, and for me and for you, we both got to grow up in homes that celebrated the true meaning of Christmas. And I think that's a gift that our parents gave us that we are passing on to our kids and then hopefully my grandkids because. I know when Blake was here last week, he talked about he didn't grow up like that, so he didn't have Jesus in Christmas. So I think all the parents, again, it's a great um, training tool, the little tiny things that we do as parents to teach our kids the real meaning of Christmas and how as an adult, I want to find time to do that in my life. Yeah, and, and of course, then the challenge then becomes for those of us who have grown up in the church or really even, I mean, because everyone's familiar with the nativity scene, but it is it is refocusing our hearts to remember what this, what really was happening in that picture and just the, the joy of Emmanuel, of God with us, because for those of us who have grown up with this message being done over and over and over again, or just, you know, hearing the Charlie Brown Christmas story done by Linus, which is great, but like you can become almost numb to the idea of, yep, Jesus is God's son and he came in a manger. And it's like, no, Jesus is God's son. Like Jesus is fully God and fully man. And he came and was born in a manger of all, like not in, not in a castle, not like in some really rich, wealthy place, not with a bunch of powerful people surrounding him. He came and it was the lowly shepherds who were the first to see him. Like the wise men presented him with gifts, but born in a man. I mean, it's just the whole story of Christmas is it's, it's crazy when you think about it. And it is. To, and to think about how great God is, that this is how he would save his people is, is incredible. And we need to refocus our hearts every Christmas to be like, to receive this anew each and every time. Well, you started the message off talking about gifts. And then um, one of the things I love that you said is that uh, uh, Jesus was given two names right away, or his name meant two things. Um, and that came from Matthew uh, chapter one, verses 22 and 23. But can you remind me of what Jesus' names were there? Yeah, so in verse 21, he gets the name Jesus. The angel says, this is what you're going to name your child. You're going to call him Jesus. And it tells us because he will save his people from their sins. And that idea is what Jesus, the name Jesus means. It means God saves or savior. And so the name Jesus is telling us what his purpose was. 
Now, others would have had the name Jesus in saying, yes, God will save, and with the hope that God will save. But Jesus had the name Jesus because he was going to be the one who would save his people from their sins. And then he's given the second name, which is a title. It's not his name, but it's what he's going to be called, which is Emmanuel, God with us. And it's only God who can do the saving of us from our sins. And so we needed God with us to come and be the Savior to save us from our sins. So God is revealing his plan and saying, this is the person, this is my son, this is the one who's going to do this. This is me stepping into your messy situation, your brokenness, so that I can save you from your sins as I live life with you and dwell with you and experience what you experience and you see my love like in a physical way where I can touch you and, mm-hmm. and you can experience my presence and see me and hear my actual voice. Um, these just, I, again, incredible things that, that God would do and, and things that, that really without God, like we can't even begin to imagine this as a possible scenario. It just seems too crazy to be real. And this is why God is saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to show this to you. We talked, you know, uh, last week about all the prophets pointing to this because it was too crazy really for our minds to grasp. And so we needed to, uh, be, have God clearly demonstrate that this is what's going to happen. Well, I, again, I thought it was, it's kind of the depth of things that as we go deeper and deeper, finding out that there's meaning to names. So, um, thinking about Jesus name, did it make you think about what your name means? Did you, were you told that as a child? I don't remember when I found out, but yeah, I know my name, Orion means little ruler. Um, and I assume that means I get to tell everyone what to do, but not everyone agrees with me on that. Huh? I like that. I, I, <laughs> I, I can understand that. I'm sure your siblings enjoyed that. So. Yeah. They, they didn't seem to appreciate what my name meant, but yeah. I mean, my parents literally gave me rule over my family by giving me that oh, name. So okay. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they would, they would say the same thing, but I'm pretty sure that's what, what, what happened there. I don't know what the rest of my siblings okay. name is actually. Well, I grew up with my mom telling me that my name Jana meant God's gracious gift and that that's what I was to our family. And I was reminded from her over time about the meaning of my name and it always made me feel special. It made me feel unique. Um, And really Jesus coming and just saying his name to us Americans, we may not think about a name having meaning where then just hearing what his name was had to make those people feel that this is something important. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, you know, that was a more common thing at that time. And so hearing these names, you know, they, they knew this meant something about God, but they knew that this meant, okay, this child is different. He's special. He's, he's someone we need to pay attention to. Well, as we want to pay attention to him and you talked about that, we, um, you talked about a book. Mm-hmm. And so you talked about a book and it was called Why? With. So, with. Yes, it's called With. It's a W. Yeah, it starts with a W. But I like With better <laughs> <laughs> because With was our posture. So see, now I, I got it. So With is our posture that we want to relate to God with. So uh, the title, it, I looked it up on Amazon because it actually looked like a really neat book. Um, with reimagining the way you relate to mm-hmm. God. What made you read that? Yeah, I, I read it years ago. Um, and actually I had heard it from 
another pastor during a Christmas message, actually, that he kind of started walking through this. And, and I just thought, wow, like just the way he talked through the differences of here's postures people tend to take that are not the primary and, and what God desires. I, I just, I was like, this, this is just something I wanted for my own benefit. Um, but also something I actually shared here, um, something like five years ago or something, I, I did a message that was kind of centered around this idea as well. And, and I just think it's an important thing, especially as we talk about Emmanuel, God with us, what this means, how do we posture ourselves? But it really is, is something that you could read any time of the year, but this is kind of what we were, you know, been talking about through this series is God wants to be with us. What's the significance of that? But then how do we turn around and live with God? And, and I just think there's so much confusion about how we posture ourselves towards God. And there can be all these problems when we don't live life with God. If we don't first and foremost see this relationship as what, what matters and what we should desire and what we should long for, then it's gonna create problems in our own life and problems in our relationship with others even because of the way that we posture ourselves and, and assume that God is interacting with us. Well, I loved the talk because I was um, a little convicted in some ways. In fact, I almost wanted to start arguing because as you started to say what we should not posture ourselves, um, can you tell me about, they sound good. They sound like things that I'm taught. But when you got to the end, it wrapped it together and it made me see out of the outflow of my life with God. So let's just talk about a few of the ones that we don't want to just, that is not our, our the posture we should be relating to God with. So um, the first one was under. Mm -hmm. And why? Why should we not? Yeah, in some ways, in some ways, this this is actually kind of a starting place. So it, it, when I say primary, I mean, this is, this is how we want to live most of our life is life with God. We should actually kind of assume that we are expected to live life under God, meaning we understand he is all powerful, all knowing, always present, high, powerful deity, king of kings, Lord of lords, creator of all things. We should almost see him as unapproachable. That, that should kind of be a starting place for us, but we don't want to stay in that spot. And so some people will stay in that spot. And this is really what happens is we, we make everything about obedience. That's what life under God really is. It's all about obedience. And so you see in the Old Testament, a lot of this fear and trembling and you hear in Job and some of the things we talked about in the longing part a couple weeks ago, that there's this longing for God, but they feel like, well, he's too distant. He's too far away. He's too powerful. We can't come near him. Um, and, and then you see in the New Testament, like the Pharisees, where they were living life under God, thinking, hey, we can earn our salvation. We can earn our right to God because we just live in this perfect obedience and we're gonna make it all about the laws and we're gonna even add more laws. But then you begin to shame others because they're not as good at following laws and you begin to shame yourself or lift yourself up because look how good I am at following God's law. And so this is, this is like, yes, we need to understand that we are not God, that we need to humble ourselves and understand that we were created from the dust, that God is the creator. And yet, primarily, he's not asking us to live life under, um, but, but, but something else. And that's, that's a powerful truth. Well, as I was thinking more on it, because I was thinking, of course we are, it did make me 
think about some of the language that we've used at Christ Community before, and some of that goes back to um, the peach and the coconut and the tomato. So some people will be familiar with that language, but to me, when you focused so much on being under and rule-oriented, it sounded a lot like a coconut. Mm -hmm. And the coconut was that we do everything on the outside correctly, but our inside might not be quite, quite winsome to, about Jesus and clean in relationship with God. Yeah. Life under really, it's going to tie into life for God because that kind of, they, they kind of end up joining together. And again, both of these things have some level of truth, but if you ignore the relationship, then you're going to start being hard on outsiders because they don't look like us. They don't act like us. So clearly they're not being obedient to God. They're not living life under God properly and they're, they're going to be in trouble for that. Um, so again, it just creates all sorts of problems where we like God teaches us to, uh, to love our neighbor. And the way Jesus demonstrates that is to allow people to belong while they figure out what it means to believe, which invites them into relationship, not saying, Hey, come and behave the right way first, but the behavior is is a response to the belief. Good reminders. So, so the postures were um, under, over, from, for. Yeah, for, yeah. And those were the ones that we were, we were, they're not negative, but we are trying to not just posture that way. Yeah. So life, life over God, that's, that's really the one that you can throw out because that really is, is saying that essentially God either doesn't exist would be really how people are acting or it's a very small God that he just created and now he's distant and we do whatever we want to do and we figure it out. Um, from four and under, I'll have some level of truth. Like God, all good things come from God. So God gives blessings. And even in the John 15 passage we read, it says, Hey, ask, whatever in my name and it will be given to you. So there is a level of blessing that's coming from God. Our very lives are a gift from God. Like God sustains us. He gives us the breath in our lungs. So everything we have is a gift from God. So there's, there's blessing from him and we do need to live life for God. Um, we need to be missional minded. We need to be missional focused, but all of these things come in response to the relationship with God. And, and it starts with understanding Emmanuel and this idea that God longs to be with us and longs for us to be with him. And so he created a way for us to be with him first and foremost. And everything is going to happen out of relationship. I don't think it's a surprise that Adam and Eve, the first sin, happened when they, God was not in the garden with them. Because I think if they were if he was there with them in the garden, I mean, he was, but, you know, not in, in the sense that they experienced it in, later. But if, if he were standing right there with them, I don't think that that sin ever happens. And, and so I think there's this, this disconnect where, you know, and again, we can only be saved from our sins because of life with Christ. In, in eternity, we'll be glorified. There'll be no more sin because we'll be perfectly with him again. And so I think this witness allows us to live in obedience underneath God. It's, it's where we receive all the blessing because of our relationship. And he is the blessing. And it's, it's through him and our relationship with him that we are actually able to do mission and produce good fruit that the world can see and that actually matters. Well, and that means Emmanuel is with us all year round. It's not just a Christmas story. So I liked how you involved some of the conversation regarding ways that we can be with God. Um, I know that uh, you began by saying, you know, we were here listening to the sermon and part of worship 
is being with God. So that's different, though, than me being with God on my own. Both are necessary, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, our desire should be to, to be with God. We're, he's always with us. We, we know that his presence is always here. And if we are followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within us at all times. It's not like he's going away at some times and just coming back when we're in our quiet time. But our, our desire should be to experience that and, and to have our minds and our hearts with him at all times. And, and so there's going to be more intimate moments of that. And I think corporate worship is one of those intimate moments where we should come in ready to be in the presence of God, ready to just recognize him and to be with him. But yeah, individually, I think we need a daily habit of getting away from everything else to just be me and God. Like I want God with me at all times doing all the things that I do, but I also want God with me um, at, at times where it's just me and him and, and we're having a conversation and I'm just spending time in prayer and listening. I'm reading my scripture. I have worship music, whatever it is that, that you do to connect with God in that time. We need those times individually as well as in small groups and as well as collectively all together as, as a church. Well, it was great reminders too of how you mentioned doing uh, life with people is the same with God and that we have to be intentional about it. So one of the ways you talked about how we can be intentional is uh, reading our Bible through the year. And so you offered, you're gonna do that again here in January. And that's a hard thing for some people, but reading their Bible every day is that way to be with God. What were other things that you talked about? Yeah, so spending time with him, getting to know him. I mean, again, that's gonna be scripture because that's what God's given to us to know him. And that's, that, again, is done individually, but also collectively. Because the problem is if we try and read the Bible only on our own, without the church, without small groups, without communication with others, then we're just gonna read our own thoughts and opinions and feelings into scripture. And we're gonna end up just interpreting it in the way that we want to hear it versus allowing it to speak to us what is truthful. Um, and, and so we wanna spend time getting to know him. The other two ones that are maybe a little harder to understand are following his law and loving others. And, and this was in the John 15 passage where Jesus said, remain in me. And so remain in me by doing what I command. And so there's a way that as we act in obedience, it's not, again, to earn salvation or to earn relationship. It's because a relationship has been given. And yet we understand that we have a relationship with God who calls us friend, but he's still king. He's still, you know, we use the term father. Like there's still a headship that exists. And so we listen to him because we trust him and he has promised us life and life to the full. And so when we do what he says, we will actually understand his goodness and his love even in a greater way, which is going to lead us to a desire to know him more and to be obedient to him more. And then we're going to obey him and we're going to experience him and we're going to want that more. And so it's just going to continue that cycle. And until you've done it, it sounds off. It sounds like, wait, no, obedience is not about relationship. It's about obedience, but obedience can be relationship if we start with relationship. Sure. Again, I know that's confusing, but if you've done it, you experience this not to earn and not to beat yourself up when you fail, but because God wants you to live the life that he has in store for you. And there's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering, but we can experience joy through that if we're doing what God has called us to do. And so then the command that he gives in John 15 is, is love others, love others the way that Christ has loved us. And so by loving those around us, the image bearers of God, 
we are learning to love God and we're also learning to experience his love for us. And so in a very real way, by actually practicing what scripture teaches and by demonstrating love towards others, as we spend time with him in our word and, and music and getting to know him, it's going to allow us to remain in his presence and in his love and stay in that relational mindset with him. Well, I loved hearing about the posture of being with him. And I know that this Christmas season being with God um, and sharing that love of God with others is something that can go on after Christmas. So I hope people will join us in the new year to keep hearing about ways that they can love God more. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, every every Sunday there's an opportunity. There's groups that are opportunities. Individually, there's opportunities to dive into the Word. And so my encouragement and my hope is that as we get ready to enter into 2024, that people would live this 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 year, focus this year. You know, obviously we want to go beyond that, but just focus this year on saying, this year I want to posture myself to live life with God and be in relationship with Him. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you all for listening and joining in. Don't forget that we have Christmas services coming up this next week, Christmas Eve. We have 9 a.m. traditional, then 1045, 3 p.m. Uh, contemporary services in the MP, and then 11 p.m. in the sanctuary again for a candlelight communion service. We would love to have you join us and invite a friend, tell someone to come along with you as we share the message of Jesus and the hope that we have in him together. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Merry Christmas.